0: Hey, welcome back to the CA Power Players Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Askins. i got a special guest today. Mr. Trey Honeycutt is in the building. What's up, Trey?
1: Hey, everything's great. Good to see you guys. How are you?
0: Doing good, man. I appreciate you jumping on today. For those that do not know Trey yet, or if you do, right, as several do, you need to jump in the comments and say, hey, Trey, what's up? Uh, If you don't, Trey's had a ton of success. Um, He probably didn't always which we're going to kind of talk and walk into that story Um, But he's had a lot of success in the business. He's going to share exactly what he's done What he should have done what he didn't do what he did whatever all the good bad and the ugly So that you can become a better insurance agent and I promise you You will become better by hanging out with Trey honeycat. So dude, thank you for being on today
1: Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, so you've how, how, how long have you been in the business?
1: So I started in insurance in October of 2014 is when I, when I first got started. I, I sold my, my first policies.
0: Boom. So um, like eight, eight years, eight years, two months, eight years, three months. Yeah. yeah.
1: Time flies when you're having fun.
0: Dude, no doubt, man. You've had a lot of fun over the years too. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and where, where, for, for those that don't know, man, where are you out of? Where, where, are, you, where are you located?
1: I'm from Southern California. I, I live in Victorville. That's halfway between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. So I'm smack dab in the middle of the Mojave Desert.
0: <laughs> Dude, I love it. It's so so much better than Missouri being, you know, twelve degrees. You 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 have probably got decent weather, I would imagine.
1: We never have twelve degrees and it yeah. snows once every other year <laughs>
0: for, Good for you. A day it doesn't stick. Good for so you. Here here's um just to kind of jump out of the gate. You you you've had um just kind of kind of clue our audience in on the success that you've had. You have done like what will your agency do in life insurance premium or what did it do this year? 2022?
1: 2022, uh, 36 million.
0: Jeez. He just says it so casually, like it's just no big deal, man. Just $36 million in premium. <laughs> did, did you ever, did you eight years ago? Did you see you sitting here today? Everything you're doing, everything you've accomplished, all the people you're helping.
1: In, in a lot of ways I did, you know, one of the things that happened for me when I got started with this is I was I was already in my 30s and I'd had a lot of financial failures in the past. And so I felt like when I arrived in the life insurance profession, that all the stuff that I'd gone through really prepared me uh, to do this in a lot of ways. When I was when I was 18, I sold Cutco Cutlery and I was really good at it. I sold you know a lot of Cutco Cutlery and I worked my way through these referrals and. Went through, you know, all these people in in the area where I live. And I ran into this really wealthy lady uh, who at the time actually was probably one of the wealthiest people in Southern California. I didn't realize it. Mm. And she had been really successful in business. And I was really nervous to meet her. And before I left the appointment, which she didn't buy from me because she said my I was trying to guilt her into buying a thirty six dollar knife. And she wouldn't do it because she said my presentation sucked. (laughs) She had no problem telling me that I wasn't good at it. (laughs) <laughs> and as a parting shot on the way out, I was like, I got to ask her something. And I go, I go, uh, what, what's the key to being successful in business? And she goes without batting an eye. She goes losing money. Mm. And I go, huh, she's messing with me.
0: Phenomenal. Phenomenal.
1: <laughs> and so over the course of the next 20 years, I perfected losing money. So by the time I found life insurance, I realized that even the worst day in life insurance was better than anything I'd ever done anywhere else
0: Mm. because
1: I didn't have a lot of the downside risks that I'd had in other things that I didn't succeed at. So that was a lot of what prepared me to get here. That's for sure.
0: Dude, I love it, man. Losing money. Was that something you would recommend for the audience listening today? Just lose money for 20 years?
1: You know, (laughs) not necessarily for 20 years, but you know, that, that gets you to a point where uh, the biggest the biggest thing that distracts people from being successful in this business is the fear of losing money. Mm. Like they're afraid to fail. You know, I saw this interview with Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Right. And they asked him a similar question. He said, you got to get used to failing. And I think wow. that's what holds a lot of people back is they're so afraid of of what failure looks like. And the truth is, when you when you've had some hardships, it puts you in a mindset where you have to choose to either be reactive or proactive. And that proactive mindset when things aren't going well is what causes you to accomplish great things at anything. You know, instead of asking why me, why me, why me? You start asking, what can I do? This thing happened. Well, what can I do? And mm-hmm. then you grow from there. Cause a the mistake people make is you can't grow from where you think you should be. You can only grow from where you actually are. You can't grow from where you were six months ago. You can't grow from where you think you should be in March. You can only grow from where you actually are right now. And learning to be proactive in that moment, saying, "Okay, well, here's where I am. What can I do? And then answering the question and being honest with yourself.
0: Yeah, so good for for those. I mean, because that's such a I love the I love the mindset of that. You know what I mean? Just the the, the piece that you can take away Um, for those that don't uh, I mean, for those that are watching this, too. And like you, you don't realize some of this, like Trey's company does millions a year in revenue. Um, he's now an integrity partner. He's had a ton of success. He, but what, what I like about you, man, is you're super down to earth. You're super <laughs> humble. Um, you're the last person to brag on you. Like I've got to pull it out of you, you know. Um, and and he, I said, hey, when we when, when when we're hanging out with people today, and they realized they wanted to go from selling Cutco and losing a bunch of money to um, thirty six million in premium. And, and, and they want to learn from you and 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 have like find help and and get help and seek mentorship and have somebody help them along the way. And I said, hey, how, how what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? And he said, I'll just get my cell phone number. They can just text me, you know, and most people at, at this level, Trey, they're not giving out their cell phone. They're not having people text them. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and give that out kind of earlier in the interview, I think it yeah, may sure. help more people. So why not?
1: yeah call text 760-680-0626 it's uh, 760-680-0626 that's cool always happy to help i mean a, a big thing that i've always tried to resist in the business is uh i don't want to be overcome by greed i don't want to mm-hmm. be overcome by jealousy and i don't want to be overcome by pride <laughs> so being approachable being available being relatable and trying to remember what it's like to be brand new. Because I do remember what it's like to be brand new. And I wasn't very good at this in the beginning. Yeah. Back on paper, it would have looked like I would have been way better at selling life insurance than I actually was. You know, if you if you were to walk through the numbers of the eight years, Cody, it's not it's not dramatically like, it's not the most exciting thing. Like I started out the first quarter, I made $45,000 selling life insurance. And I thought that I had completely arrived. I thought, oh, I've made it. I have now arrived, and this is that I think should possibly be better than this, you know. Yeah. And because uh, that's more money than I ever made doing anything else. And pretty good. During that, during that first ninety days, I felt like I had been failing most of the time. And what I realized, the big lesson that I took away from that is nine and a half times out of ten, when this isn't working, it's just because you're not doing enough. <laughs> a half a time out of ten, it's because you're not doing something right. But the vast majority of time, it's just because you're not doing enough. Because the majority of those people that I saw said no. But then I showed up, and then I, I sold some policies to people that literally, like I could have closed them by saying, you don't want to buy it, do you? And they'd go, yeah, stupid. That's why you're here. And they'd buy it. And so I realized if I just put the numbers in my favor, that I, I couldn't say the wrong thing to the right person. Whereas a lot of agents that I talk to, what happens is, is, they're always looking for like the the secret sauce, like mentorship. I'm yeah. like, you don't need you don't need mentorship at this point. You haven't you haven't you don't have enough pieces on the chessboard. You don't, you don't have mm-hmm. enough bats. Like my my special words and wisdom isn't gonna undo yeah. what a lack of activity has caused. You know. Yeah. So then the, the second full year, if you don't mind, I'll just run through it. I'll tell you the whole day. Let's do it. So the second full year my actual first full year in the business, I only issued $70,000 and I didn't have a team. And that year my mom had had cancer, her cancer came back. Um, mm. I was completely enthralled with all that. I wasn't really too active in the business. The thing that kept me in the business is the person that recruited me was no different to me when I sold a lot or when I sold a little. He was treated mm. the same way. And the reason why that worked so well is because he sold a lot of life insurance. So that was the second major lesson that I learned in the business was the best thing you could do for a team if you're building a team is to not need your team. The person that recruited me in the business, that's what he did for me. So he was he, he I was around because he wanted me to be around and he liked me, not because he needed the override. And that went a gotcha. long way. And then uh, the third or second full year in the business or my third year, um, my mom had passed away. And then Mm -hmm. I needed to get a full-time job because I was so successful in in life insurance. So I went and I got a full-time job working 40, 50 hours a week. And that structure of doing that and selling part-time, basically setting my appointments Thursday night and Friday night is when I would dial and I would run appointments all day on Saturday and half a day on Sunday, every other week, I would do the half Sunday. And that year uh, I deposited 118,000 in Still hadn't recruited anyone. I was just selling. And then the next year I kept that full time job and I deposited 180. And uh, then I went full time back into life insurance that next year and I did 350, started recruiting. The next year was 650. The next year was a million and then one point six or whatever. Um, and then integrity. Right. So yep. uh, so that's like the whole story. I mean, that's how it all happened. If, now, one thing that you asked me a lot is, you, did you think all this was going to happen early on in the beginning? I was just trying to make enough money to keep my kids in the school that they went to and help pay the rent. My wife's a school teacher. She was paying a majority of the bills and I was just failing miserably in life insurance, trying to figure it out. But that extra money and the cash flow of selling consistently, even though I wasn't, You know, I think people get real confused in this business because they think they see these big numbers and they just think this top producer is just just stacking cash like Scrooge McDuck, right? And that's not what happened. What did happen though, is I had an increase in cash flow. Like if the electric bill was due on Friday, I could make a sale on Wednesday, get a deposit and be able to pay the electric bill, which gave me flexibility that I didn't have before. And so what ended up happening as a result of everything is I would just go as far as I could see, like I didn't have these big aspirations in the beginning. I didn't even know if it was going to work. I just knew I'd go as far as I could see. And then when I got there, I could see further. And that became the foundation of the mindset that I, that I developed over time that would allow me to go on and be more and more successful. Cause there's a bunch of hurdles that as you become more successful, you kind of, there's different demons you have to face, you know,
0: yeah. So uh so that's basically the whole story. Dude, that was quick too. That's good. Um I and it's you... in, it's incre- it's incremental growth, you know, like it's not yeah. an overnight success. It's just like, you know, you just got better and like you said in your first lesson, you just did more. Vast majority of people are just not doing enough, you know, 9.5 out of 10, right? I love that 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 piece. Um second lesson, don't need your team. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're selling enough You really don't need them. Like, you know what I mean? I I like the concept of that because most people do get frustrated with their team or they're like, well, they don't freaking work like me. They don't sell like me. Well, I like that lesson, man. Just do so much that don't, don't need them, help them if they succeed. Phenomenal, you know, like that's cool. And that's
1: the right relationship. I mean, you, you want it to be that way rather than your team saying that you don't work like them and you don't sell like them. (laughs) Yeah. That's a recipe for disaster.
0: That's true a lot too.
1: Yeah. Every time the frustrations
0: in reverse.
1: Yes. And every time I hit a roadblock in this business or I was questioning, you know, what can I do? What can I do? One of the litmus tests that I would have is what am I doing right now? That's preventing me from spending a majority of my time, either recruiting new agents, teaching them how to sell or me, myself selling. And I believe if you do this business, right, that you should always be able to be in the field. If you want to be, mm. um, because you 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 can outsource and staff your weaknesses so that anything preventing you yeah. from doing that A activity and relating to the brand new person, you should be able to staff. And I think that's a huge step as you're building is knowing when to hire staff, what to hire them for, when to let yeah. staff go, um, you know, how to communicate properly with them. And that's a whole nother skill set. And I I definitely do not have a I don't have any of this all figured out. I'm still trying to learn. And so
0: <laughs> yeah. that's,
1: that's a big part of it too. I definitely have not arrived. I've learned it every day for sure.
0: No doubt. Yeah. Likewise. Same here. At um, wh- what point did you start adding? At what point did you start recruiting? Let's kind of talk through that.
1: Well, in the beginning I, I didn't, you know, I was, I was making sales and stuff, uh, but I had a tremendous amount of chargebacks when I started. I couldn't keep business on the books to save my life. And I learned some things for that process because I, I did in-home sales for a long time in my adult life. Yeah. And, you know, typically um, I would sell people something that they just bought once, they didn't have like a monthly payment on it. And so when I got an insurance, I could build so much value in the life insurance policy. It's like, hey, $432 a month, I'll take it. And then on the way home, <laughs> They canceled. I'm like, oh, my God, what just happened? Or like two days later, they were like, my mm. goodness, that's a car payment. And so uh, initially, when I, when I first started out, like if you bought a policy from me, my biggest fear in the world was I had to talk to you again. Because if you were going to call me, then you didn't want it. You were going to cancel.
0: It's uh. so like,
1: oh, he's calling two days later. He's canceling. And it was simply just because I was overselling people um, because I was, I was uh, too good at overcoming objections, I guess, you know so so the first thing i had to learn there was to not be afraid to talk to people when they wanted to cancel i mean somebody told me early on if somebody wants to cancel would you rather know sooner than later and i'm like yes i would because i could probably fix it because they probably have it completely made up their mind if i find out sooner right and then the other thing was um in that process of of losing sales and having chargebacks was to really look at people's budget and just trying to find out what fits their budget, and um, and and not not being afraid of having an ongoing relationship or communication with them. And so that took me a while to get that because the in-home sales I used to do, we didn't. Have, it was like a one you like you sell it, you never talk to them again type thing, you yep. know. Yep. So I had to had to learn that skill, and uh, I kind of lost my train of thought.
0: That's good, man. You, there's so much value you're dropping just randomly. You don't even realize how much how much how how amazing a, Val like of the stuff you're saying is, um, let's talk about budget. You went there for a second. I'm curious. Um, when you look at budget, how are you talking through that with a prospect?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is to look at their income, um, and, and learn to sell life insurance based on value on what it actually does. When you start getting into terms of price or face amounts it's really hard to create value with the client because they're trying to compare you to a commercial they saw on television. But when you talk about what the life insurance will actually do, that's a, that's a different sale. And so just fitting that into their budget and helping them understand that, yeah, I, I may want a Ferrari, but right now I could afford a Kia. So would I rather have the Kia or take the bus? <laughs> you know, like I'd rather have the Kia. And you can always do more later, but something's better than nothing. And there really isn't anything to think about because you're 67 years old. You've been thinking about it for 67 years, you know? True. Right. And, just, and just being real direct with people. And I thought early on that being direct with people was being offensive to people. So mm. I just literally would get into arguments. <laughs> and so what I learned, though, was how to uh, be, be direct with people, let it be uncomfortable, break up the uncomfortableness a little bit, and then go back to the decision making. Um, rather than just let it be heavy, 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 heavy all the time. But the flip side of that in the home, where I did make a lot of mistakes in the beginning, was I would let people say things like, like I would say to you, Cody, I would go, you know, if you didn't come home tomorrow, what would that look like for your family? And then you would say, you know, I'd say something like that, right? And then uh, you would say something like, well, I live to be 110 or, you know, my my. My family, my grandpa was 116 when he died. He spoke four packs a day, ha, ha, ha. Like, like people would make, they try to make jokes about it. And I would laugh along with it too. Like hopefully, yeah, not but wood, you're around when you're 117. And so what I started learning to do in the house is I go, I appreciate what you're saying, but the nature of my job tells me that not everybody makes it as long as they should, or as long as they think they should. So I'm in no position at all to laugh about it. Cause I've sat with people just like this, Cody, in the past, and then a year later, their wife calls me and they passed away and they were young enough. Mm. And then I'm knock on wood. <laughs> you know, let's let's <laughs> knock on wood over that, you know, and just not making a joke about it, but being serious about what's serious and, and letting it be uncomfortable. That's a huge part of, of helping people with life insurance is just learning what it feels like to just talk about something nobody wants to talk about and not having to have a sense of humor about everything.
0: Yeah. How does somebody get comfortable with that? Say they're new and they're like, man, dude, I struggle with that so much.
1: You know, that really comes down to the basis of whether this is, this is what, this is where people mess up in, in, in this, in life. This is where I messed up in the beginning is I way overestimated what I could accomplish in a week or two. And I way underestimated what a consistent, persistent effort would look like two years down the road, three years down the road. And so trying to, you know, I'm gonna go sprinkle some magic dust on this thing, and then all of a sudden, this is gonna be comfortable tomorrow because I have the right words to say. I knew that that was not the case, but I knew if I did it, repetition is the mother of skill, and activity is the mother of all learning. What that means is, mm. you learn by doing, and you get better by doing it over and over and over again. I like. That. Um, and and that's what I focused on. That's what I measured my success by. It wasn't a an amount of sales, it wasn't an amount of numbers, it wasn't even an amount of profitability in the beginning for me, as much as it was consistent, persistent effort. And getting my self-esteem from knowing that I set out to do the work and I did what I said I was gonna do and I accomplished the activity. Yeah. And when it comes to the building side of this business, the, the thing that inspires people, that, that causes them to want to follow is making money with people, not off of people. And just knowing that that consistent, persistent attitude over time is what people really do follow. It's not necessarily the amount. It's the fact that people know that you're still working when you don't have to be and you're going through it with them when you don't have to be. That's what inspires people to continue and to push forward and be able to relate to the fact that you may be the best producer there is, but the best producer there is still gets told no. The best producer there is still gets hung up you know, and and doesn't know the right thing to say and blows appointments and makes mistakes. And once I figured that out, that I started measuring this right because I realized that the greats in this business, the people that I would consider legends at it, they were legends, not because they never got off track, but because they got off track and then you had to get back on track quicker. And rather than put everybody mm-hmm. on the pedestal like, wow, I need to be mentored by so-and-so because they are a legend. And, the thing i understood from that mentorship was they're human like everybody else they make mistakes the difference between them and an average producer or me when i was a mediocre producer was the fact that they didn't stay off track as long yes they were less emotional in the in the downs and less excited in the ups they just try to stay even keel and that's the skill set you have to learn more than anything else more than any objection handling or you know you start talking about setting appointments or phone sales most of the most of the things, the biggest objection you have to learn to handle on the phone is I don't feel like dialing the phone. If you can handle that objection. Amen. You know? So,
0: man, That should be a t-shirt.
1: I'm going to make that yeah. a
0: t-shirt. That's a good one, man. You just dropped a massive bomb there. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't know if you've said that before, but have you said that before?
1: Yeah, I say it
0: all the time. Okay. That's a good one. Dude, that is the strongest <laughs> objection anyone's going to hear because they do not want to pick up the phone. That is a thousand percent. That is so good. And nobody does.
1: Like if I said, Cody, let's call these leads, you still have trepidation.
0: Yeah. And so you call like- one,
1: and then you get into it, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Everybody has that initial, uh, you know, like when I got started at life insurance, everybody was like, Well, yeah, you know, I just I sit around the house and I, I do the dishes, I, I clean, I wash the car, I do laundry. I'm thinking y'all are way too productive. I just watch television. I <laughs> just I instead of dialing, I just watch TV, watch Netflix, you know? Yeah. So so I had to learn to, to get around the right environment. I think that's another huge thing when it comes mm-hmm. to production and is putting yourself in the right environment where it's weird for you not to perform. Get around other people and dial. Dial with a group on Amen. Zoom. You know, go to an office where people dial. Set goals and put them in front of other people and challenge, make challenges. Gotcha, I, I had a man. challenge with an agent one time. I said, if I don't sit here with you and dial for the next six hours, what I want you to do, I'm going to get a sign. I'm going to go out to the corner over there. I'm going to take my shirt off. You're going to throw M&Ms at me for 20 minutes. And the embarrassment of standing on the corner with a sign with my shirt off, getting M&Ms thrown at me, was way worse than somebody telling me no or call me back Wednesday. So yes, I, I learned a super, super, super good trick there.
0: <laughs> and, and all none of those people that are driving by even know who you are with, with your shirt off getting m&m's thrown at you either you know that's right <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> that's hilarious that's a real story too i love that okay what so never yeah. actually
1: happened I, I dialed
0: yeah exactly <laughs> really? right I, I, I think too like that's a cool moment that's a cool idea too like a lot of people um that are at a high level tend to, they put like some of the things you're saying, but they will put a lot of pressure on themselves. They, they will set some goals and make them public. Like like you just dropped, which I love. Um, I liked this. It's weird. Put yourself in a position and environment where it's weird for you not to perform. You know, I've seen you, um, and different groups do a lot of, um, like group dials, either in person or at events or on zoom, And there's something to be said for that. Like people don't want to sit at their kitchen room table, like you're saying, and just dial on their own, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not something they just naturally want to do. They'd rather watch game of thrones. Like, let's be honest. Right. And I like, you know, and and most people would, a lot of people that just wouldn't agree with that, but you're like, dude, I shoot. I did. You know, I just would watch Netflix, you know I mean? Right. Yeah. That's good. But Being honest
1: about what it is. And then finding the solution is half, you know, Ha, more than half of getting what you want is knowing what you have to give up to get it. Yeah. And um, another thing, I, I'm going on a lot of tangents, but but another this thing- This is I
0: good see, though. This is a lot of good random stuff though. Seriously.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, another thing that I see a lot of people do is they they get into this mode of, well, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm just not consistent. That's my problem. My problem, Trey is I'm just not consistent. And I'm thinking, you are the most consistent person you've ever known. Like you were super- There is there's no such thing as an inconsistent person. They're Mm -hmm. just consistently doing the wrong thing. And so what I what I figured out about myself, at least, was my lack of consistency or what I call lack of consistency was me just consistently doing the wrong thing because I didn't know what it was that I wanted or what I was trying to achieve. But once I got clear about that, it was easier for me to do the things that would consistently move me closer to that thing than for me not knowing what it was that I was trying to accomplish. So I think it's really important at every stage in this business to have self-reflection and say, well, what am I doing this for? What does it look like if I'm successful? Yes. 90 days from now, if I look back and I say, man, i sure I'm glad I did that. Like, what's that look like? Mm-hmm. What am I afraid not to happen? A lot of people talk about their why in the business, but you should talk about what if it doesn't? <laughs> like when I started, it wasn't just like, oh my, why? Like, like I want to go to Cabo or, I want to get a nice yeah. house. It was like I don't want my lights to get shut off. I don't want to get another car repossessed. That's I worse. don't want my wife to leave because I let her down again. I don't want to get a house foreclosed on again. I mean, that was that's what motivated me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't fear, just my yeah life. fear of
0: loss. Yeah. 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 No fear of loss.
1: loss. Yeah, that's. I should have just said that. That's way better. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no, but that, well, I actually heard that from somebody else. But like, it, it's it's good because. Like that there's, there's success people that have done that. Like they will wake up and hustle because they're terrified to go back to the life they had. And they're like, man, I like this life I got, man. I like, I like the life that Trey Honeycutt is living. I don't want to go back to the Trey Honeycutt from eight years ago, you know?
1: Yeah. And the success is in the achieving. Like people think it's the journey or people think it's the the destination or an amount. And it's really not. The excitement of this business is like, I get some leads. I have a hard day on the phone. I end up setting six the last hour. The last two that show up, I write four policies and 5K for the day. I'm excited on the way home. I get up the next day and I, I close everybody the next day and I have the biggest week I've ever had. And I before that, I had 11 people in a row tell me no, and not just no, but hell no, and get out. And, you know, and, and I know a lot of people do telesales now and whatnot, but it's the same thing. It's just understanding mm-hmm. that you cannot work the numbers and the numbers cannot work you. And it, it becomes really addicting and it's hard not to do it after a while because that's yeah. that's where the magic is. That's where it's exciting. That's when it's fun, you know? And it's not just getting a certain amount of money or the money only motivated me for so long, you know, and it amounts, that wasn't what it was, but I actually mm-hmm. enjoy the work and I, I really enjoy when I see new agents come on and, and go through those, those steps of, you know, what it looks like to get started and make your first sales and get your first charge back and keep going and have a week yeah. where you buy leads and it doesn't pan out the way you think it should. But then you do it again and you do way yeah. better than you ever thought you could in a week, you know, and totally that's, that's what makes this fun. I mean, this is the greatest business there ever was.
0: There is, it is for sure. I mean, and also too, you mentioned something to to where, I mean, I'm having the most fun when I'm not, when I'm sitting at home on a Saturday or Mm -hmm. Sunday watching Netflix, you know, I'm having the most fun when I'm actively doing and growing and stretching myself and making money. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just having more fun when I'm doing more, when I'm Mm -hmm. just active and I'm pushing, you know, um, I wouldn't say every personality in the, in the planet's like that, but I would say that, uh, there's a lot that you can relate to that. You know I mean? If people are unhappy, it's like, dude, get up and do something and you'll, you'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll feel better, you know?
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: Yeah. No doubt. Just, Just a part of it. You know? Um, here's one thing I was curious about. What would you say? Was there, when you look back, was there one pivotal moment, uh, where you were like, Oh my gosh, dude, I'm going to be like, there's no question. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to have a ton of success and I'm really starting to figure this out. Like I'm not perfect. I'm i I'm, I'm just keep making a lot of mistakes. I don't have it all, but man, I think I'm starting to feel good about this. I think I'm starting to understand this.
1: Yeah. The real security is when I got to the point where I was no longer afraid to buy any amount of leads because I knew I could turn a profit from it, mm. and for me that happened over a year. It took me a year to get to that point. And I, I think I call that passive getting the monkey off your back. You know, where I realized that hey, I could I could take any lead from anywhere. I get enough of them. I could set enough appointments, to see enough people, and help them to where I could be profitable with this, and I could I could write my own check every week. Wow! And that was where the real freedom in the business came from, even the freedom in building the business. Because a lot of the risk and fear I had of of building a downline, building an agency, having a team, I mitigated that with the fact that, hey, if it all falls apart, I can still sell life insurance. I can still pay pay all my bills. I just go out and sell some life insurance. I just get some leads. I go out and sell some life insurance. And so that's, I think that is where the real freedom comes in. And most people equate, that time frame in their mind of when that's going to happen, they make that way shorter than it needs to be. I tell yeah. people to just make a decision to be here a year from now doing the activity and don't be so hard on yourself if you're not where you think you should be. And if you're way beyond where you think you should be, don't get too excited about it because <laughs> you could get kicked in the stomach, which no is happening.
0: <laughs> yes. It, it, and it's always like my dad said that a long time ago. He's like, hey, this was like 10, 12 years ago. I made some money. He's like, you haven't been punched in the gut yet. He said, you're not always just going to have a ton of money. You know, you're not going to always be doing great. He said, realize that there, this, this, this business and life is a roller coaster. Things are going to happen and you need to make sure you're prepared and that, you know, life isn't always gonna be perfect, you know? And it's, yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. It's a series of ups and downs, always getting better in the down, always getting better in the ups. So the downs don't last as long. That's all we could really
0: hope for. So, yes, yeah. What you mentioned earlier. Um, well, again, man, if they, if they want to reach out and, and, and learn from you, like who, who do you work with? Who are you helping? Talk through some of that.
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I as far as you me ask me that again, I was. Distracted.
0: Yeah, no, you're good. I mean, um, and, and you really help anybody technically. So technically, you know, yeah. I really, it was, a the answers was, you know, um, who are you? Oh, I There's a
1: perfect agent that I, that I like to help. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I do well with people that do this part-time. I do well with people that um, cool. have had a lot of success at something in the past and are starting new at this and can't figure out why they can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with those folks. I'm good with people that are natural leaders. I'm, I'm good at getting out of the way and allowing people to flourish on their own without imposing or impeding on their progress. I, mm. I think I do have a skill set for that. I think that's a skill set that you have to develop, because a lot of times as you're building an agency, one of the biggest hurdles you have that nobody talks about is the sun can't shine in the shadow of the moon. You got to you got to let somebody shine and get out of the way and and learn what that looks like to let other people take the leadership role. And for some folks, that's hard to do. For me, I'm probably a better leader when it comes to being sort of the second fiddle. You know, I, I could I could be first fiddle. But I only want to be first fiddle long enough so that somebody else could take the place of the first fiddle and then I could cheer them on from the background. So my goal when I started this was to work my way from the back of the room to the front of the room and then work my way back to the back of the room. Mm. <laughs> you know? like, I didn't want to be the guy on stage the whole time telling everybody how to do it. If, if, I, if I couldn't reach down and bring people up to that same level and let them own the leadership and remove myself from it, then in my mind, it, I wasn't successful but it was Mm. just dependent on me. And, uh, that was a scary proposition. So I want to be dependent on we,
0: not just me. Yes. Yes. I love that, man. Well, dude, I, I like your demeanor. I like your approach at this. Um, again, you're just a humble good dude that cares a lot, has accomplished a lot and is not above helping anyone, you know, which is really cool. So thank you for being that way. It's awesome. Well, I appreciate that.
1: And I appreciate all you do. I mean, your training and, and what you facilitate in the industry is, is really inspiring. It's helping a ton of people and it's giving a voice to a ton of people where, because not everybody figures it out right away and that's okay. No. And there needs to be a place where people can go and soak it up. And, uh, and I admire the fact that you've, you've really created that in a lot of ways. So
0: thanks, Good man. Morning. I appreciate that a ton. Uh, m- mention your number again if they want to reach out, text you, call you, and, 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 uh, and, and talk to you.
1: 760-680-0626. And my name's Trey, like a food tray, T-R-A-Y.
0: I love it. That's right. Trey Honeycut. Trey, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being on the channel and thank you for allowing me to interview and share all this today.
1: All right. Well, you guys make it a great week. Thanks for having me on.
0: Let's do it, buddy. Thanks for listening to Power Players Podcast. Go look up Trey Honeycut. follow him, reach out to him if you need help. And we'll see you on the next episode. Adios.